The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. back everybody to another episode of benched with bubba episode 474 special guest recurring guest good friend of mine in the show joining me tonight because toby's not here but uh so i i go to the bullpen to get some big hitters big hitters on this one you know you might know him from sleeper in the bust you might know him from friends of fantasy benefits fan graphs maybe the guy that created tgfbi i don't know just a few things he's on twitter at justin mason fwfb justin how you doing my friend it's bubba in the beard Yes, Bubba and the Beard. There we go. There I like go, it. baby. I've been like waiting. It. I've been waiting for this. You had you added it. Bloomfield to the roster. I'm like, wait, where where am where is my <laughs> full time game? Yes, it's coming. It's coming. You know, well, you're you're just as busy as I am, so it's hard to sneak us <laughs> in the schedule together. This is true. Yeah. But uh before we get rocking and rolling, let everybody know what you got going on besides like everything. Oh man, uh, you know, it's it's baseball time, right? So uh sleeper on the bus. TGFBI podcast, the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast. I write daily over at Fangraphs. And that's actually about it. I've kind of cut back a little bit this okay. year and haven't been recording as much of the TGFBI episode and blew off Friends of Fantasy Benefits to be here tonight uh, and chat with you. So, Dave, uh, oh, th- this is Dave's notice. I, I didn't even tell Dave. I was just I'm flattered. Set him a rundown. Yeah. So, oh. 
you're the man you're the man i appreciate because you know for a guy that does a lot of podcasts like you know how this goes it's so much easier to be a guest so much oh. easier to be a guest <laughs> so yeah i could trade that one for you in two seconds as well um but uh, as usual we'll go over some recent news tonight we'll talk about the week that was in fab i can't wait to get justin's nolan gorman comments because we heard about it if you listen to sunday sleeper in the bust and we know if you watched his twitter he got a few shares so i'm looking forward to chatting that up with him as well but uh, let's get the recent news. Let's get the, the gloom out of the way before we talk about the, the good stuff here. And this one stinks because I was high on Freddie Peralta. If I kind of punted pitching, I was looking for Freddie early on, and he started to get it going. Now he's got um, a right shoulder that revealed a posterior shoulder strange strain, and the uh, council said he's going to miss significant time. So this, like, still no official timetable, but I'd say at least six to eight weeks, maybe more, if they're saying significant. How are you approaching this, Justin? Because, you know, like an NFBC – that's a long time to hold a dude. I don't know that you can hold him in NFBC. I mean, obviously, you give it a, at least a week. Um, you know, Fab's already passed for this week, so you're gonna have to make a decision next week. Um, yeah, I mean, I I want this. I want to say this is the same injury that Clevenger had prior to the Tommy John, right? That he missed. You might be right. With. Yeah, you might uh, be right. And he he missed like two months. Um, so. If you can hold someone for two months, obviously, I mean, he's a stud. And like you said, he was really starting to turn around. Um, I don't have him anywhere this year and not because I didn't like him. I actually really liked him a lot. I just got jumped in every single league. Um, and so, I mean, a little lucky for me, but I just don't know that you can hold on to a guy that's going to be out for two months if you don't have IL spots. Um, you know, there, there's a realistic chance that, he doesn't even make it back, right? You know, any sort of re-injury. Uh, the Brewers, you know, I think will be somewhat conservative with him to hopefully try to get him back for October because uh, they're a team with a design or, you know, the eyes towards winning. So like, there's a realistic chance he couldn't – he might not be back till September, if, if at all. Yeah, and that's my biggest concern is they can slow play this. We've seen them use him in the past and other guys as, like, openers or long men uh, after the opener, and they could easily do that with him because even if he's – you know, he might miss two months. He still has to ramp back up and get back to the longevity. So, in reality, it could be like three months before you get the real Freddie Peralta, and uh, that that's if. So, it's and tough because, uh, yeah, what were you going to say? They're deep in that rotation, right. right? Like, they have Ashby and Hauser, and, like, you know, Eric Lauer has been amazing. So, like, they have options to go to. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next is, uh, so Ashby, like, we'll get to him. He's actually one of the more popular pickups this week for, I believe, obvious reasons. But does a guy like Adrian Hauser now become more viable to you? He's been like an up and down guy. You know, strikeouts have been iffy from time to time. Um, he, I always think Aaron Savali when I think Adrian Hauser for some reason it just kind of blends together. But uh, you have any interest in a guy like Adrian Hauser? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a, a fan of Adrian Hauser. Got him on a number of DC teams this year. I was worried about the role because there was so much hype around Ashby, uh, so I didn't get him in a lot of later leagues. But guy who can get a lot of ground balls, which helps him limit damage. Um, and, you know, he's no slouch in the strikeout department. He's never going to be like an elite strikeout guy, but um, it's a great division to pitch in. Like, you know, when you get to go up against what the Cubs are rolling out there every day and what the Pirates roll out there every day, um, you know, it's it's just a, you know the, what the Reds are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great division to pitch in. So, like, any any Brewers pitcher is uh, is a pretty good option. Any Cardinals pitcher is a pretty good option. So, yeah, I mean, Hauser, I think, um, you know, if he's available in your league, I think he's now set in that rotation moving forward. 
um, at least until Peralta comes back. So, and I think same with Ashby. Yeah, Hauser so far before tonight's start, 3-2-2 ERA, 3-1-5 FIP, and he's got six or more Ks in three of his last uh, four starts. So showing some life there, which is it's good to see, as you mentioned. Uh, let's head on to Detroit. Now, a dude that everyone knows I liked a lot, and, you know, Mr. Mouth, sorry, not sorry. But uh, Eduardo Rodriguez was a, a guy that I liked a lot, and uh, I, I didn't even jump in the conversations because I didn't need to. Um, you guys all handled that one just fine. He actually had really solid numbers before the injury outing. Like, if you were mad about those numbers, I hate to break it to you. You just have some really weird expectations. But um, he's out with a rib cage injury. So this will be interesting. Left rib cage sprain. I wouldn't know how to sprain anything in my midsection, but uh, he did. And we'll have to see when he comes back. But what are you doing with a guy like Erod? I think you got to hold on to him for right now. I mean, the Tigers sound like they're pretty optimistic they're going to get him back. Um, typically, side injuries, oblique injuries take four to six weeks. Um, and you want to be really careful with those. So I think there is a chance that he misses like a month worth of time. Um, but I would try to hold on to him. I, I mean, I could understand like in 10s and 12s wanting to move on. And I think if, if your team is in peril in terms of other IL guys, I think it's, uh, I think it's defensible to, to drop him in a 10 or a 12, but I get a 15. I don't, I don't think you can, you can move on for him because I, I don't think he's going to be out in an extremely long period of time. Yeah. I'm going to try to hold him as long as I can in my OCs, but he might have to hit the chopping block just because of how it goes. But um, it, like you, something you mentioned there, the concerning part of those kind of, midsection oblique rib cage type injuries are so easy to come if you come back too soon it just messes up so mm-hmm. something to monitor with him for sure hopefully they take their time it is detroit like let's be real how much do they really have to gain by rushing him back but uh, we shall see uh, steven max lasted four pitches in his start on sunday supposed to go in and go an mri on monday i'm looking i have not seen any results yet we'll see if uh what's going on with that but not the greatest thing when you only throw four pitches, Justin. So I wasn't a big Steven Matz guy to begin with. I get it. I, I understand the love, especially in 15 teamers, but uh, I didn't have any shares. What's your thoughts on the Steven Matz situation? Oh, I had all the shares for both of us, buddy. It, um, <laughs> I, I dropped him in the majority of the leagues I had him that I, where I couldn't I yell him um, uh, this fab. Like, yeah, he left after four pitches. I don't know exactly what's wrong, but um he wasn't good before the injury. So like, yes, the underlying numbers were better than what the service numbers said, but ultimately like you just can't keep a guy, you stash a guy that's bad. Um, and so I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I dropped him in 15 team leagues, so it wasn't even like, you know, Oh, you know, I go deeper league. I'm holding. No, I, I'm mostly playing deeper leagues. And so when I'm dropping guys, it, you should probably be dropping him in tens and twelves. I, I love him coming in the year. I felt like St. Louis was a perfect threat for him. It was fantastic defense behind him. Um, a great park to pitch in. Again, that division, uh, you get to go against so many body, bottom feeder teams. Um, but he just he just gives up too much contact and too much of it's hard contact, and uh, unfortunately. So I think if he does come back, he probably will be better than he was. But I think you get him off the waiver wire. You don't, you don't hold on to him right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Like there's – you mentioned all the upside parts to it, like the good appeals to it. That's why, like, somehow Miles Mikulis is striking guys out this year. It blows my mind. So, like, if Matt's could figure out whatever recipe that was in St. Louis, that'd be great. But for now, I'm with you. You got to kind of move on and see where things go. San Diego Padres' Mike Clevenger made three starts after coming back from Tommy John surgery. Now he's back on the IL with a right tricep strain. I'm not liking the sound of that after a guy coming off TJ. Like, that's not good. But the bright side, Mackenzie Gore looks like he's locked in for now. That's a positive. But – Two, twofold here. 
what do you do on Clevenger? Because he seems like a drop for me. And uh, what's your thoughts on Gore going forward? Hmm. I, I want to get some more information before I drop Clevenger, and hopefully we'll have that before the weekend and then Fab runs. Um, I wasn't in on him anywhere. I did not buy in on any of the yeah. TJ returnee guys. Um, I was trying to say is, is risk averse um, as possible. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why, like just because a guy like is like, you know, recovered from a surgery like that doesn't mean like Clevenger has had multiple injury issues throughout his career. Like this isn't just a one-off one-time thing. So uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I think if you if you got him at the price you got him at, you should probably hold for a minute just to see what the timetable is. But if it's any if it's going to be anything longer than a month, and again, the Padres are another team deep in the rotation, right? They've got Mackenzie Gore, they started Nick Martinez tonight. Like they've got plenty of options. You know, Blake Snell's back, um, so like they can take their time with him. But just hopefully, wait for a timetable and then. If it's anything longer in a month, yeah, I'm probably cut. Yeah, I wasn't really in on him either. I was kind of really, I was just kind of shocked at the uh, early return to me. It was a full year, so I guess it wasn't that early, but I was a little uh, surprised there. And I love Gore, so I'm, I'm a big fan of of the opening for him in this one. He's been awesome so far this season. Good story to top it off. But um, we'll see with Clev. I think even if he comes back, they might have to like tread lightly with that one. That one's going to take, I think we don't see a good Clevenger until next season, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. Uh, Last one here. This hits close to home for us, Justin. Brandon Belt's out with right knee inflammation. Got a cortisone shot. Shouldn't miss too much time. But the concerning part here, he always has a hard time staying healthy. Like, usually it's like a hit by pitch, some kind of fluky thing. But he gets hurt a lot. And this knee's been bugging him all since spring training. Like, it seems like it's going to be an issue a lot this year. Um, You're not dropping him, per se. But this is going to be a lingering situation, I think, Justin. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, And this is this is what you get with Brandon Bell, right? It's yep. he just dude cannot stay on the field. Um, and in spite of the fact that like he was actually really affordable, probably more affordable than he should have been. I didn't touch him in any leagues just because I, I don't want to deal with this headache. Cause on top of the fact that he has pretty much never stayed healthy, his entire career, um, the giants are super platoon happy. Um, and I mean, you look at the lineup they're running out tonight against, uh, David Peterson in the Mets, you know, le- lefty there, you know, it's it, Kevin Paldo's playing first base yep. and like Darren Ruff and like, like they, they don't care. Like there's, there's like maybe two guys who play full time, you know, Crawford and yes, like that's it. Everybody else is platoonable, including Brandon Bell. Um, so like, I, I mean, I know they said it's a minimum stay. So you, if you, if you drafted him, you're probably holding on to him, but this is going to continue to be a headache all season long uh, just because that's what the Giants do. Yep. And that was one of my concerns. I remember in the preseason, I was writing articles on like the groups of first base, maybe like the Votto, Bell, Crone group. And like, you know, five, six, seven rounds later, you had the Belt group with Schwindel and all these guys. And those are kind of your pockets of first base targets. And, and when I put polls out about that second pocket, it was like Bell overwhelming or Belt overwhelmingly. People wanted Brandon Belt. And I'm like, guys, I'm a Giants fan. And I'm telling you, he's going to miss time like a good chunk of time is what he does. Like you said, it's, it's the way it is. So it's a headache and it's a headache. I didn't want to deal with. That's all I yeah. know. But um, unless fan, you have unlimited I IL spots, yeah, like, for sure. I mean, like towers, we have unlimited IL spots. Any against an OBP league, then heck yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but anywhere else, I mean, it's just so hard to roster a guy that like 
yes, he was amazing last year, but he played 90 games. Yep. Are we really expecting to be that amazing if he only plays 90 games again? Because I'm not. Like, that's no. – um, so, like, I just eh, – stay away from those guys. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's talk about some most added players in the NFBC on the online championships, 12-teamers, kind of more relatable to most uh, players out there, 12-team formats. Talk about how often they were uh, picked up, prices for fun, and thoughts on the outlook of these players going forward. And we'll kick it off with the big one of the week, Justin's favorite as well, Nolan Gorman at 193 leagues, 99% sure that's all of them, folks, uh, as high as 557 Somehow, this is why I love doing this, Justin. Someone got him for twenty-seven bucks. He went as low as twenty-seven what? bucks. Yeah, his, his low. The That's low, insane. Hey, you, usually, there's always a low of one dollar. So the fact that the lowest was twenty-seven is actually telling. Like the OCs are nuts, man. I love doing this for this reason alone. But as high as five fifty-seven, as low as twenty-seven. Uh, tonight he went zero for four, but it's so far he's five for sixteen with two doubles, hitting three eighty-five, four runs scored, only two strikeouts, which I think is pretty darn solid after what we saw in the minors. It's early, but that's that's pretty pretty promising at least. But I know you're a Gorman guy. The floor is yours, my friend. I mean, I'm not a I, – I am a Gorman guy. Um, yeah, you, you are now. Yeah, I, for sure. So I got him in – he was available in five of my fab leagues last night, um, and I got him in four, uh, and I was aggressive. Uh, I did not think I would get him in as many leagues as I did. Um, I really thought other people would be more aggressive. And in, like, the tag team league with Shelly, like – Originally, I was like, should we put more than 300 on him? And she was like, no, I don't think people are going to be as aggressive as maybe you think they are. So we dropped them and still dropped their like 267, still got them. And that's a 15-team league. Um, I'm surprised people weren't more aggressive. Like, how many more prospects are we expecting to come up and be real impact, you know, players uh, at this stage? Um there is a ton of risk. And I think that may have scared some people off. I mean, like you said, he struck out like a, you know, 35% clip or something like that in triple a this year. Uh, He also hit 15 home runs in 34 games. Like he, I mean, he has unreal power. He's got a little bit of speed to go with that. The Cardinals seem like they are committed to him. Um, And they're batting up really high up in the lineup right now. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I like him a lot, but, there obviously is there's Josh Lowy in risk, as I said on, on the sleep on the bus um, this uh, this last weekend. Um, you know, Josh Lowe was everybody's favorite. Like, oh, we got to go get him first week of fab. People spent, you know, in one of my main event leagues, like someone spent five hundred fifty five dollars on Josh Lowe and they might as well have just lit that on fire. So, like, yeah. I could be lighting a lot of money in a lot of different leagues on fire right now with Gorman if he does strike out at a um, exorbitant amount. But I think. Uh, I think it's it's a real good gamble. It's a good team. They really appear, uh, seem to really like him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think you got to take some gambles. And I, I'd rather take him a little bit early and hope that it carries me through the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't hate it because as long as you have, like, validity to it. Because I even tweeted out today. I said, you guys remember when, like, the first fab week, everyone spent all their money on Stephen Kwan? That worked out well. Um, and it happens. you got to take your chances. But you got to kind of pick your chances. And, like, Gorman's a the pedigree and what we've seen. And with the fact the Cardinals said they called him up to play him regularly, they moved Edwin to shortstop. That's kind of telling to me. Now anything can happen. That strikeout rate scary. Like the low end comment is is pretty solid there. Like you said, you got to take your chances somewhere. Everyone, you're going to take at least one of those a year on somebody. You might as well take it early, like you said, because you save it for later. The guys go cheaper anyway. So what what are you doing here? Um, I, I like the, the the chance, especially on a good team like the Cardinals. I think that's a very 
key part there. They're not just going to bring him up to toy with him. So uh, I think that's a very, very interesting part as well. Um, before we get to the next guy here, on that same kind of note, you're talking about prospects coming back up or, or whatnot this year. Royce Lewis got sent back down, and I was nervous about that when he um, when he first got called up. I talked about it on the show when I was like, I wasn't super aggressive on him because like you know, Cray is only out ten days, like all this stuff. Um, they sent him back down. He played great. He's playing great in AAA. He was available in a lot of fab leagues last week, and I got him for like twenty bucks and stuff. Uh, and he got me a couple home runs, which was great. I haven't dropped him yet because I think he'll be back sooner than later if Miranda keeps struggling. What's your thoughts on Royce Lewis though? Because I can only hold him for so long. But I know he's going to come up again, and it's going to cost a fortune at that point in time. I honestly don't get the move. Like I, yeah. I mean, yes, they got Correa back. They also got uh, Trevor Larnock back. Um, but what does Royce Lewis have to prove? Nothing in the minor leagues at this point. That's why I was um, confused with the Correa signing altogether. Like how they could have spent their money on somebody. Well, I mean, like, I get like you're adding a, a real impact bat. It's not a long term commitment, which is nice. True. You know, a team like Minnesota. Um, they they don't they have the money obviously they they show they have the money right but yeah. they don't feel like they've got the ability to like give a guy a seven or a ten year deal or something like that um so like I get that but like how is how is Royce Lewis not as good as anybody they have playing a corner outfield spot right now yeah I agree um I just I you know and that includes Alex Kirilov who's a former yeah. top prospect um Larnack. yeah. Yeah, Larnack. I love Max Kepler. I'm a big Max Kepler guy, but like, come on, Max Kepler is the reason Royce Lewis isn't playing right now. I think he will be back up here at some point. Um, it's hard to hold because you know he's yep. got to go down for ten days unless there's an injury. Yep. Um, and I don't know when. Like, yep. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense now. So trying to rationalize out, oh well, he'll be back up in June. You know, second week of June, like. There's no rational reason why they sent a guy like him. Now, they're in a playoff race. They spent money this offseason to make a push for the playoffs. Royce Lewis makes their team better. He should be on the team. So yeah. um, I'm not going to try to figure out what the hell they're doing because it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm with you. That's why I just want to get your, your thoughts on it too because I, when, I, like I when he first came up, I'm like, oh, he's not staying for long. I get it. But then he, he was productive, and Miranda hasn't been. And I'm just confused on what they're doing there altogether. But, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to try to hold them as long as I can. But, like you said, it's tough. It's real tough to, to keep keep holding that uh, that roster spot. Uh, the Kansas City Royals recalled Brady Singer. This guy was big on coming into the season, and like especially DCs. I thought there was a lot to like here with Brady Singer. Didn't start out great this year. Pretty obvious. Got sent back down to AAA. But he's come back up, and the pitch mix is different, folks. We talk about it like in the preseason with velocity and pitch mix. You talk about it early in the season trying to find that kind of hidden gem. And it was only two starts. I'll be totally honest. Uh, but it's Chicago and Minnesota, White Sox and Minnesota, seven shutout, four hits in both, three Ks against Minnesota, nine versus Chicago. It's only two starts. A lot can change. But the fact he's throwing his slider nearly as much as his sinker and he raised his changeup, uh, it, that's just huge. Because looking at his numbers last year, he was like a 60% sinker guy. Justin, we all know how bad that can be if you're not locating your sinker. So um, promising. I, I, was, I got him in a few leagues this week. Didn't break the bank by any means. But I like what we saw. I was hoping we can see more going forward. What's your thoughts on Brady Singer? I like him a lot. Um, and I, I mean, I was a big Brady Singer guy uh, kind of last year and then coming into the season. I got him in late in some DCs. Unfortunately, I didn't get him in like any of my big money leagues. Uh, but uh, he was impressive. And you're right. It's all about that pitch mix, uh, change. Um, I think he has the ability to kind of, 
like he's never gonna be a star like this isn't a guy who's like turn out to be like an sp2 or anything like that but i think he could be a legitimate like sp lower end sp3 sp4 kind of guy in fantasy um he pitches in a really great ballpark again this is a, a really uh, good division especially with all the injuries that the white Sox uh, have faced this year and you know how bad some of the other lineups in that division look you know unfortunately he doesn't get to throw against his own team but um yeah i, I think singer um uh, I, I saw some pushback from some people yeah. uh, in the industry or not in the industry, but, or no, no, in the industry, I think Rob Silver is one of them. And, uh, and I was like, like, I don't get why like people are like, well, look at the projections. Like who cares what the projections say? He made, he made a substantial change that the projections, the can't, projections. Exactly. Yeah, the projections can't pick up on yet. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think this is the important part of why, why it's important to one watch games and it's important to dig into individual performances, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, we, you know, projections are important. I, you know, I use projections probably just as much as everybody else does, but um, projections can only capture, you know, kind of an average really. Right. And And it's usually an average from before, not what they've done now. So it's totally different. Yeah. So, and you know, this is a former, like, top prospect in their organization i wouldn't say it was top prospect in baseball but you know we hear it all the time right prospect growth isn't linear like he has made changes he has gotten better um you know do we want to completely buy in and say oh he's a stud now absolutely not but like there's reasons to be hopeful like when you're picking up guys like zach davies um you know or you know zach Logue, or you know guys like that off the waiver wire like i'd much rather take a shot on a guy with some pedigree um, and showing some re- real changes in in Brady Singer than you know maybe guys like that. Hundred percent agree. I think that's a it's a great point. And yeah, the projections thing. I saw that from Rob. And Rob's a genius. People like, to, like it's guy. I love Rob. Yeah, Rob's, Rob's amazing. So yeah, and like I'll never forget just listening to him talk at FPAS, like the the, the panel you were hosting there at the ballpark. Like he just, I, it was it was awesome. It was great. Mm-hmm. He's a very 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 bright man. I was kind of confused by that too because projections I, I usually enjoy more for hitters because you can kind of see what's going on there where pitchers like you said they're not projecting this change they have no idea what he's done in this change because it's it's almost like filled or so it's a robot at that point in time so we don't really we have the whole picture there so we'll wait and see it could be a bust but i, I like the the changes i love seeing like a young pitcher tweaking things like that and uh we'll, we'll see where that continues to go and for those that uh, are keeping track at home i forgot to mention he was picked up in 141 leagues as high as 161 as low as one dollar um Martin Perez was the third most added player in OCs this last week. Yes, this is 2022, folks. 2022. Martin Perez, 114 leagues, $91 max, $1 minimum. Good for you. Coming off a complete shutout against the Houston Astros in Houston, Justin. He's allowed one earned runner less in six straight starts. Like, really, what in Sam's Hill is going on with Martin? And I'll be honest. I grabbed him in a few leagues for like four bucks. I'm like, screw it. I need a pitcher this week. I'll roll with him. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna spend a ton of money on it, but he was like the seventh pick in my options. But I, I'm like four bucks. I need a guy. I, I, all the IL guys in the world. I'm not not warm and fuzzy about it. But what's your thoughts on Martin Perez? Oh man, this one is like this. There are certain ones that guys like um, have like really great seasons, and it just burns, right? Like, oh man, I should have known, or should have. Like, this one warms my heart because I was a huge Martin Perez fan, like, when he was young, right? When he was a rookie. Like, I really thought he was going to be a legit um, ace. Uh, 
you know, when he was kind of coming up through the minor leagues um, and just, it never happened. Uh, and I don't think it's happening right now, but I do think he is one of the huge beneficiaries from a Denton ball. He's pitching in a great ballpark um, in a really great division, even though he doesn't get to face his own team. Um, but uh, like, this is gonna, this is gonna blow up. At some point. Yeah. Like he's waiting it, for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Um, that being said, like Seattle's offense sucks. Oakland's offense sucks like you and like that park is great to pitch in. There are other really crappy teams in the American league. I picked him up two weeks ago. I think in both my main events um, for his two start week. And I'm just holding on to him. Like, yeah, the, the shoe is going to drop at some point, um, but I'm hoping to bank as much goodness as I can before then. Uh, he's done a great job. He has not allowed a home run this year. Uh, the, you know, the command has been better. Like I said, I don't think it's gonna, it's not gonna stick, but, um, but ride it. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to ride a hot streak when it does, even when it doesn't make sense. Um, and then first sign of trouble, you just jump off. Yeah. It's been, it's been wild, but yeah, buckle up, see what happens, roll with it. But, uh, so far so good. Let's talk, uh, next man up on the list, Nick Pavetta. He's also had in 114 leagues as high as 81, 88, as low as a dollar. It's a guy I drafted everywhere this year. Dropped him a couple weeks later. Picked him up again everywhere. I, I made the same comment when I dropped him. I'm like, I know I'm going to end up picking him up again. I know I am. I just can't roster him right now because he's a disaster. And he has proven that correct as he's uh, coming off, you know, three straight starts of one run or less, six innings or more, eight or more Ks in two or three starts. Houston and the White Sox were those 8K performances. 4-2-2 ERA, 3-7-5 XFIP. And what I love to see is a swinging strike rate over 11%. So he's, he's, he's getting guys fooled. 15.5% K to walk, not horrible, not bad. So um, things are improving for the positive on Nick Pavetta. What's your thoughts on one uh, Phil Dussault's next, this year's Robbie Ray, Nick Pavetta? <laughs> uh, he was another guy I picked up in uh, I think one of my main events. Um, someone dropped him uh, after kind of a slow start. And I just was like, oh, he's got a two-start coming up. I'm just going to stream him for now. And I'm just holding on to him. Um, Nick Pavetta is fantasy baseballs, uh, Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. Like it's like, I mean, every year there is a Nick Pavetta breakout article, um, a Nick Pavetta sleep article um, by, you know, people in the industry. And we always fall for it. He always crushes our hopes and dreams. Um, I, I'm sure he will again. Uh, he's looked fantastic though. Like, I mean, I, like I said, I had him on my team but I didn't start him this week against the Astro. And he goes out and like he pitched a, a complete game shutout. Like that was uh, in, where he was actually really dominant. He's done a really, really good job of uh, pitch mixing this year um, uh, or in sequencing this year. Um, could it stick around? Like we've always thought the talent was there. Um, it was just a matter of could he keep the ball in the yard? I think he is a guy like Martin Perez, who's benefiting from this dead and ball. Um, so I do think as things start to warm up in the summer, he's going to run into some problems. But I think you just roll with him for now and, and just kind of hope that you don't get hit with a three or four homer homer game. And you know what's fun about what we, we've been talking about here? Martin Perez and Nick Pavetta both shut out the Houston Astros. Of all teams, the Houston Astros, who also put up like 18 against Boston the other night when Nato Eovaldi started or whatever. Like, it's yeah. baseball, baby. Baseball. So much fun. All right, next up on the list here, Cole Calhoun. This is like a blast from the past episode. 106 leagues as high as 77, as low as a dollar. Over the last two weeks, he's hitting all but one game. 
hitting 372 with five home runs, but he's also striking out nearly 33% of the time. So literally all or nothing, it seems like, with Cole Calhoun. But they're playing him versus lefties. They're playing him versus righties. Um, I guess why he's playing every day, hitting fifth most of the time in that Rangers lineup. He becomes very viable in fantasy. But just, again, like the other stuff we've talked about, I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop with Cole Calhoun. But uh, how are you viewing him? Just kind of running while he's hot? This this shoe's going to drop a lot faster, I think, yeah. than, uh, than the other ones. Um, his zone contact right now is 74%. League average is around 85%. It's not going to cut it. He's swinging outside the zone 36% of the time. Um, his swinging strike rate on the season is 19%. Um, like <laughs> this is not going to stick around. Like it's, oh, it was fun. Like if you streamed him cause you needed an outfielder or something, I think Scott Jensen said like he did that, um, in a league. Uh, yay. You got a, a bunch of home runs this last week, but I'd honestly be considering like benching him this week. Cause there's no way it continues. Like the underlying skills are atrocious. Uh, this is just a, you know, a, 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 an amazing hot streak that is going to like, uh, hopefully he rubs whatever magic fairy dust on off of him onto Marcus Simeon and, and we get some love there. He'll need that for sure. Yeah, no, he's, he's basically doing the whole spray and pray method. That's what, that's what, uh, that's what uh, Cole Calhoun's doing right now. I'm just waiting <laughs> for like, there's gonna be a bunch of golden sombreros coming his way pretty soon. Absolutely. So, so, so buckle up for that one, folks. Um, Clay Holmes. This is a fun one. This has been a fun topic on the Twitter here. And I can't wait to get your thoughts here. But he was added in uh, 99 leagues, as high as 364, as low as 15. Technically, he's not the closer yet in the, in New York. People like him. He's got two straight saves. Chapman's a little banged up, not been the most consistent. But I'll say this much. Chapman does this every year where he has a couple bad runs. He still gets to be the closer and gets 30-plus saves. I don't know about you, Justin. Are you thinking Chapman's days are over? He might go on the IL, they said. That might happen here. But are you thinking this is really a change in that guard like so many think it is? Because if so, it's worth dollars. If not, this could be a very expensive setup, man. Mm. I lean the ladder if that helps at all. I don't think that there is a changing of the guard yeah. unless Chapman's actually really hurt. Like, if, like, and I mean, like, hurt long term. Like, yeah. you know, yes, they said he was getting treatment on his Achilles. But typically, like, Achilles injury is what we're worried about is a torn Achilles, right? Yeah. That's clearly not what this is because you don't, get surgery, you don't have treatment. Yeah, you don't get treatment. So, um, you know, and if there's a discussion on whether he's going to go on the IL, it means he could potentially not, which means he's probably not seriously hurt. Um, I think you have to pick up Clay Holmes where you can yeah. because uh, the Yankees are playing like the best team in baseball right now, and you want the closer on the best team in baseball. Like, you know, uh, so – I think you take the gamble, especially if you like, I think if you have Chapman on your team, um, you need to be aggressive and go get Clay Holmes. Uh, because Clay Holmes, you know, with Chad Green done for the year with Tommy John, he seems like he is likely the next man up. Um, and the skills are outrageous. Like, I mean, Clay Holmes has been fantastic. So has Michael King, um, uh, as well. So, uh, but I don't. Like, I know it's his last year of his contract for Chapman. Um, I know the skills weren't what they used to be. But managers always go with the guy that brought them to the dance. Yep. And I feel like unless he's truly atrocious, they're going to go with the guy that bring that, that has brought 
them to the dance and um and that's chapman so yeah so yes i do i think there's a change in guard i don't um but i still think you should be aggressive on clay holmes just in case they're an injury or you know maybe chapman is done maybe you can only throw 103 so many times yeah he could be he's given up runs in five straight outings but prior to that no runs the entire season and like over 10 outings mm-hmm. uh still 15 k's and 14 pitch 10 walks is concerning with chapman um he does look rough. There's no hiding that, but I'm with you. I think as long as he can pitch, he's going to be the closer. That's what he's there for. Holmes is going to get his, though. Like you said, they're the best team in baseball. We've seen it with the Dodgers in years past. We've even seen it with the Yankees and other teams. They'll still be a guy that walks away with 10-plus saves. So if you can, if you want the ratios, the strikeouts, and the occasional save, rock him. Go for it. Like So I'm with you. I think he's worth an ad. But when I see like $364, I would love to have that conversation with someone. Like That's, that's why I love talking about the prices here because I – I want to wrap my head around what's going down there. But, hey, maybe you were really in need of something and you got some insider info. I don't know. But um, maybe he becomes the guy. He's filthy. He's filthy. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. And I mean, plus, in years, in years past, you like Boone, if Chapman wasn't there, he used like two dudes, a lefty and a righty more often than it felt like. But uh, like a well, Brittany and, and a, a Green or something. Clearly, the Yankees are a playoff team. Like, in yeah. – I, I feel stupid for having said they weren't going to make the playoffs this year. But um, if let's say a Chapman is going to be out for an extended period of time, or let's just say he's just not good. Um, aren't the Yankees like a prime candidate to go get a closer at the deadline? That would make sense as well. Yes, definitely. Would make so sense. like, yes, the, the bullpeners are strength. They have other guys, but like, where else are they going to make improvements? Yeah. I mean, with I th- you. you know, I think that, you know, maybe a catcher, you know. Um, Speaking of which, Gary Sanchez looks good right now. Yeah. He just <laughs> he, he just need to get away from the art. Yep, he looks pretty good right now. <laughs> you know, but, like, why wouldn't they, like, why wouldn't they call the Cubs and be like, hey, give us Wilson Contreras and David Robertson? No, oh, 100%. Like, yeah. You know. And we'll, so. give you Ch- we'll give you Chapman and someone else. Like, they have no problem doing that. <laughs> They've done it before. They traded them Chapman before. That's how they got uh, Glaber. So. I don't think I don't think Cubs I are going back. I think no, Cubs, I think are, so I think Cubs are like, nah, give us some sort of like, you know, prospect. Exactly. Get. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I think something could easily be in the mix there. You get some more bullpen depth and uh, see where it goes. So Holmes is good. I just want to have the discussion for those because I've been I, I understand some of the um like, hey, he's really good. He's gonna close. At the same time, I don't see how you guys are pushing Chapman out so easily. I I just don't don't quite see it just yet. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, this is one guy Toby picked up everywhere last week. He was all ahead of the curve here because that's what Toby does. But this past week, picked up in 83 leagues as high as 139, as low as a dollar as the Yankees this week. But better matchups to come. Two really solid starts this past week. We've seen some ups and downs. They're stretching him out, which is good to see with Jeffrey Springs. Uh, so I put in some smaller bids on him. Uh, were you interested in uh, what Jeffrey Springs can bring to your team? Yeah, I put some smaller bids. I didn't get him anywhere. Um, I think he's an interesting guy. I I just there's so many other guys who had really interesting two starts this week that I uh, that I ended up prioritizing. Like, um, though it looks stupid now, I did pick up Zach Davies in a league, um, which I hadn't. But uh, should have ghosted yeah. him. I'm I haven't seen a lot of springs yet, and so maybe that colors a little bit of uh, why I wasn't as excited to go after him. I think he he's he's an interesting interesting player, but I don't know, just doesn't I. Why was Toby so excited? Like I, I was he 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 liked the two starts last week. He likes the like the pitch mix, the strikeout upside. 
Um, I made him give like a long definition of it because it, he wasn't a topic on the most added players last week, but Toby kept mentioning his ad drops. He kept adding Jeffrey. So I'm like, okay, you have the floor. Tell me about this. Like, what do you, cause the same thing. Why, why were you into this? The two starts, um, pitch mix, the race system, the race system scared me. Cause you know, that, they'll, they'll play that's always, them. yeah, that's the problem with the raise is, and like, yeah, I mean, he was great against Baltimore, um but that's baltimore like he was he was fine versus toronto like you know four and two thirds two strikeouts you know but i don't even know who he is yet because like you know in in the game against baltimore he strikes everybody out but he also walks everybody game against toronto he doesn't strike anybody out but doesn't walk anybody like I, i don't i don't quite know who he is yet and so like i i hate to invest highly in guys where I'm still un kind of certain about what their profile is going to end up being. Yeah, I'm with you. We're on the same page there. We'll see if uh, it's another one Toby just gets right for the entire season. So we'll have to wait <laughs> and see. Um, welcome back, Matt Barnes. Apparently, people are thirsty for potential saves. Uh, he's added in 82 leagues as high as 111, as low as a dollar. Picked up a save on uh, on Saturday. He's pitched pretty well in his, his recent outings. It's just a messy situation in Boston. It's Hansel one night, it's Barnes. They have a lot of options back there. But I guess people were thinking Barnes is the guy. Uh, how are you approaching Barnes in that Boston situation? Um, I don't know. I mean, Hansel's the guy who came in the next night. He did blow the yep. save the next night. Um, I don't think I, – I think if Boston had – uh, exactly what they wanted Barnes would be the guy. Like if, if Barnes pitches well, I think he will be the guy because I think they want to try to flip him. Um, uh, but I, he has looked so bad for so long that I just, I, I don't care. I would rather have Jorge Lopez um, or guys like that, where it's like, you know, I kind of know what I'm getting at least as opposed to, you know, a guy who might get, 50% of the saves um, yeah. and torch my ratios. Give me a guy who's going to give me hundred percent of the saves and torch my ratios. I'm with you there. hundred percent. Give me Daniel Bard. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, these, you know, just like the Cincinnati situation, like, yeah, yeah Art Warren's interesting. Uh, Alexis Diaz is interesting, but I, I don't want like, it's, like, yes, Boston had an amazing week this week too. Right. Like yeah. Trevor's story, like woke up and was like, Oh, I'm still an elite player. Let yeah. me show you guys real quick. Um, but Boston's not good. No. Um, and so, like, if I'm rostering a, a a reliever on a bad team, I want to be damn sure he's the guy, and I don't feel that way about Barnes. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I drafted Barnes in a lot of leagues early because he's kind of late. Third reliever mm-hmm. option. Uh, I dropped him everywhere since then. And I don't really feel like picking him back up. So it's just one of those. Like, and I even I told some guys, I think it was Ryan Roof when I had him on. I said, I wouldn't be shocked if Barnes leads their team and saves. I'm just not going through the hassle of it. Just not doing it. I'd rather take chances like with Daniel Bard, Lopez. I'd rather gamble if I want a 50-50 guy with like you mentioned Jorge Lopez. Give me Felix Bautista. At least his ratios will be good. Give me some strikeouts. Go get Danny Jimenez from Oakland. Go do something like that and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's a messy, messy situation. I guess the moral of the story is pay for saves. I don't know. It's, well, that's yes, cool. pay for saves. Like this is exactly why we pay for saves. So like yes. this is so you don't have to play in this game. Like I yep. know everybody's like, oh, well, you paid for Chapman. Like, but Chapman's still the guy, right? Like he still has like, nine saves. Yeah, like like tell me tell me a, an elite closer that we paid up for. Like even like Hendricks hasn't even been good, but he's still getting yep. a ton of saves. Like yep. so, like I'm 
this is why this is why you're supposed to pay for saves. Agreed. Johnny VR season, folks. This is what I've been waiting for. A lot of us have been waiting for is once the injuries happen, Johnny VR gets to play. He if you look at his like profile, dude plays like 120 to 130 games every season, gets you double digit homers, double digit steals. It's like clockwork, and here's his chance. Picked up an 81 leagues as high as $74, as low as a buck. Got two steals and a homer last week. Already got a steal tonight as we record. This is what Johnny VR does, folks. Like as long as he can get on the field, he ugly he will ugly he will do it in an ugly fashion, but he'll produce fantasy goodness for you. So I love Johnny VR. I uh, I picked him up and I drafted him in Barf. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I'm a big VR guy. So what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, I'm a big VR guy too. I, I've got him in a, just a ton of leagues. Um, and uh, and I didn't drop him. Like I just have been holding on, like kind of waiting. He's multi position eligible, which is always huge, especially in the deeper leagues that I tend to like to play. Uh, yeah, like it's gonna be ugly, but the end of the season line is gonna be like, hey, I got some value from that. Like, yep. uh, and there's always the chance he has the Baltimore type season where he just completely goes off. Um, you know, I mean, we know that there is like enough power that plays in that bat, uh, but just a crap ton of speed. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I feel like he should be rostered in every league, uh, even 10 teamers, uh, just because the speed upside is so great. Yeah. I'm with you. He's a, a points league dream as well. Like there's a lot to like with Johnny VR and the, the fun part is, is they're not really hitting towards the top yet either. And that can keep changing because Suzuki's slumping a lot. And, you know, Ortega's Ortega. So just wait till they get really creative with him and put him in front of the big boys. We could have some fun there on the, the south side. Uh, James Caprillion added uh, in uh, 73 leagues, as high as 56, as low as a dollar. He's uh, five or more innings and three straight starts, two in runs or less, six or more Ks in two or three. I did the, the back and forth with Caprillion last year. Like, there's a lot of good. There's going to be some headaches. This is what he does. Pitching in Oco is huge. Division we've talked about. Uh, I wasn't in on him this week, but uh, what's your thoughts on Caprillion? He looks like he's he's healthy right now, at least, which is a good start. Yeah, I mean, I think health is the big issue with him. Um, uh, you know, I mean, he's a guy who missed a, a ton of time uh, coming up through the minor leagues with uh, with elbow issues. So you're always just a little bit scared of a guy like that. Um, he, You know, he's a guy that does a good job uh, at – limiting hard contact um like i'd love to see another level on strikeouts for me like but i don't think it's coming he's got like a 10 percent swing strike rate i think this is probably who he is um and i think he gets helped out uh by pitching in oakland which is great because he's going to continue to pitch in oakland and like i said before there's some fodder uh, feeder teams in that division even not getting to pitch against the his own team you know, Texas is not a good offense. Seattle's not a good offense. Um, I think there are going to be ups and downs. He's a young guy that's still learning how to sequence properly. Um, we saw, you know, he struggled with command, gave up two home runs uh, the other night. Uh, but I do think there is um, some staying power, especially in Oakland. Like, there's no reason for him to get demoted out of that rotation. Um, I'm not, like, super excited, but I think he's – like, I think he'll be a serviceable glue guy right? You know, middle of your, your rotation. Like, I don't think he's taken a massive step forward this year. Yeah, he's a good streamer from time to time. Like, yeah, he's not a guy I'm in love with. But like I said, I, I played the ups and ups and downs with him last year, and you, you can definitely do that uh, from time to time. He's a good one if you, like I talk about a lot, look for the following week's matchups, get him cheap the week before. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy for that. Like, don't break the bank on him. Spend a couple bucks, plan ahead. He'll help you more often than you think. 
Uh, Ronzi Contreras of the Pittsburgh Pirates is getting the call. Uh, picked up in 67 leagues as high as 164, as low as a dollar. If you like strikeouts, turn on your TV when he pitches. Like a 30% plus K rate majority of the time throughout his minors and even this year in the bigs. Uh, walks can be an issue from time to time, but the dude is just filthy. Longevity could be an issue. We'll see how, how long he can go in games. But so far, so good, Justin. Uh, what are your thoughts on Contreras? Oh, uh, yeah. No, like what I just said with Caprillion, like it's the opposite, right? Like, like Caprillion's not only going to be a star, Ronzi could be an absolute, absolute star. Um, I mean, he strikes out everyone uh, he faces uh, in just seven, two thirds innings in the majors. Uh, he had 10 strikeouts. He's working out of the bullpen. They sent him back down to stretch him out. People got really upset, as they should have, because he, they were they were stretching him out while he was in the majors. Like, why couldn't they just continue to do that? Um, but they play the service time games. We understand why. Uh, I think he has legit, like, top of, you know, a rotation, top of, you know, an SP2 probably upside. Does he get there this year? Probably not. Like you said, Control can be an issue. Sometimes he, he has a hard time hitting the zone. Um, command can be an issue too. It's, you know, kind of harnessing all that stuff, right? So they'll probably give up some home runs, especially as things start to heat up uh, in, you know, places around the East Coast where he's going to be pitching. But Pittsburgh is a fantastic park to pitch in. The division has a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of bottom feeder teams, you know, Cincinnati, right? Chicago. Um I think he could be really, really interesting. I wish I had been able to get him in any leagues, but he was not available in any leagues I was in yeah. uh, this week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's still available in your league, he start, he's supposed to start tomorrow. Um, I think you try to go get him and try to be aggressive because I, I don't know of that many pitching prospects, you know, especially with Max Meyer dealing with the elbow issue, mm-hmm. like, I don't know that there's that many pitching prospects coming up that are going to be huge difference makers, you know, other than Grayson Rodriguez, right. And, and yeah. maybe teammate Dia Hall. Right. Um, but he's here now. And with them run out guys like Bryce Wilson in that, uh, in that rotation, there's Rough. no reason he should leave that rotation the rest of the way. Um, let's give a percentage. How aggressive would you be on him? If he's still out there, I think I would go 20% of my remaining fab if I need a pitcher. Sure. Um, like I, I'd hope I wouldn't have to, but I, I can understand doing that. Yeah, that's fair. I'll uh, we'll go over a few more here. William Contreras, brother of Wilson Contreras, picked up in fifty nine leagues, as high as fifty eight, as low as a dollar. I got him for a buck. Went two for free with a two for four with a double on Monday as he hit second and played left field for the Braves, which is music to my ears. If he's going to keep playing the outfield now, he's DH'd a couple games. He has six home runs already in the season while he's hitting two forty two. This could just be a figment of, you know, playing time because of injuries, but they're trying to find ways to get his bat in the lineup, which makes my fantasy uh, heart filled with joy. So what's your thoughts on William Contreras, who we saw from time to time last year was productive, but there's also some some slumps to be had with that bat. Yeah, and they're going to be slumps um, with him. Like, that's just uh, – like, what's great is that he's dropped his strikeout rate. Like, he was a 30% strikeout guy in the majors. Uh, last year and it, it's down under 25% right now. I think it'll probably get back up above 25%, maybe, you know, closing in on 30. Uh, but there's legit power in this bat. I mean, this guy was, um, you know, kind of thought of the same way his brother was thought of as a catching prospect. Clearly he's not very good behind the plate, but the bat should play. Uh, the beauty of it is in most of your leagues, he's still catcher eligible. Yep. 
which is amazing. You want a guy who is catcher eligible uh, that is playing, you know, every day or close to every day. Uh, you know, here's the thing about Atlanta. It's such a weird organization. Yeah. You know, you know, they just won a World Series. Like, I mean, I shouldn't be bagging on them. But, like, how many bad defensive players do you want in that outfield? <laughs> like, you true. have to play Ozuna, right? Like, yep. um, you know, do you really want him out there, too? Like, he's gotten better. Like, it, I watched him a little bit earlier this season playing defense. And I was actually surprised. Like, he moves around pretty decent out there for a catcher. But he's still a catcher. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what the hell they're doing in this lineup. They're they're batting him second, batting Ozzy Albee sixth. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, I don't get it. But um, I think you you got to go get him, especially if you're in a two catcher format. He he catch, mm-hmm. he's catcher eligible. Like he could be um, he could be a league winner type player if he is going to play every day. If you're you getting know. catcher eligibility, so I I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I wasn't expecting the outfield move today, but that just made me even more excited about the potential in that bat. I was like, just play four or five days a week and I'll be pumped in a two catcher yeah. league. And now Absolutely. he might play more. So that's, I'm all aboard that train. Uh, Dane Dunning, big two-step this week. He was added in 59 leagues, as high as $51. Been strong this year. He's made eight starts. Three runs are less than seven of those eight starts. Five or more K in six of those starts. 392 ERA, 378 FIP. And he's got 23.5% carry. It walks a little, little bit of an issue, but overall Dunning's looking pretty good. Kind of the prospect uh, everyone hoped he would be at one point in time. And uh, he's, he's doing it against big teams too, which is fun to watch. So what's your thoughts on Dane Dunning? I love Dane Dunning. I mean, I was a huge fan of Dane Dunning um, and that trade, you know, the, the trade for Lance Lynn, like people were like, Oh, this is an awful trade for Texas. Like, you know what? I don't, I don't think it's going to end up being Dunning doesn't profile as like a fantasy stud pitcher, but he could like legitimately be, I don't know, like a little bit lesser version of Lance Lynn in as a major league pitcher, like a guy who can really eat innings. Um, he's not going to get a ton of strikeouts, like on a like key per nine basis. Uh, but if he's going deep in the games, like he is, and this is where the growth is. Last year, he had moments where he flashed, like what kind of pitcher he could be. But the Rangers were really, really careful about yep. not letting him go deep in the games. This year, they said. You know, gloves are off, kid. It's, it's time for you to show. And he's showing himself to be, like, very much um, a, a workhorse for them. Uh, you know, he, in some ways, reminds me of a little bit of uh, of Matt Cain, um, a guy who, like, cool. is a little bit underrated because he doesn't get huge strikeout numbers. But you'll look at the strikeout numbers at the end of the season and go, oh, shoot, 160-something strikeouts from, from this guy. Like, I'll, I'll take that, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's like an SP4, SP5, but like a pretty decent one. Pitches in a great ballpark. Again, fodder for your teams. Keep talking about the AL West. Like, there's some really bad teams in that division. So, yeah, I like Dane Dunning a lot. Yep, I'm with you. A lot of Dane Dunning on my squads between Redraft and uh, DCs. Lots of Dane Dunning. I uh, like what we, we're seeing with him. Uh, Aaron Ashby, we talked about him earlier, added in 57 leagues as high as 117. Probably going to fill in a bit here for Peralta. But he's only thrown more than four innings once this year, so keep that in mind. But the strikeout stuff's legit. They're obviously going to stretch him out. Like, don't worry about that. But um, eventually there'll be an innings limit. But enjoy it while you can. Like, enjoy what you got. But I was a guy, like, people were, were hyped in draft season on Ashby. I pretty much avoided because I had a lot of questions on what would go down. Um, where are you on Ashby right now? Um, I did not draft him anywhere, uh, because I did not believe that he was going to be a guy that was in the rotation, uh, at least to start the season. Um, 
and I kind of worried a little bit about the role is. But what I've been doing is every time someone drops Aaron Ashby, I pick him up um, because I love the skills. The skills are fantastic. Uh, and if they can stretch him out, uh, I think he could be a really, really like dominant starter. Uh, I still worry about what the role is. Like you know, every time he goes four innings in a game, you're like, okay, one more inning and you get to five, one more inning. Then the next time he comes in as a reliever and throws an inning, like it's, it's super, super frustrating. I think the Peralta news is huge for him because I do think that they have to give him now a chance to, uh, you know, start and actually stretch out a little bit. So um, I am cautiously optimistic uh, and it's easy to be cautiously optimistic when a guy's ceiling is so high. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll give him a shot if you can. I just wasn't going to pay a lot for him. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, th- there's a definite uh, talent there to be seen. Yep. Uh, Christian Walker added in 56 leagues as high as 117, as low as two dollars. His 11th home run of the season tonight. He's hitting 201 on the season, but uh, over the last couple of weeks, hitting 273 with five of those home runs, walking over 15 percent of the time, striking out around 18 percent of the time. So. Big time improvements over the last couple of weeks. The contact rates are insane, like the hard hit rates, the barrel rates. The dude's awesome. He's trolling me because I drafted him everywhere last year as a corner infielder, and he could not hit the broadside of a barn. And now he's doing what I was hoping he would do. I would try to grab him everywhere he could, personally. That's just my two cents. But uh, what's your thoughts on Christian Walker? Uh, we talked about him on Sunday on the Sleeper and the Buzz, and I was actually honestly really surprised how available he was. Yep. Um and uh, he was available in my TGFBI league this week. Um, and I got Gorman, but I didn't get him. Um, and so I'm a little bummed about that. I, you know, I was outbid by like 15 bucks or something like that, in which I just gone the extra 20 to make sure I got him. But um, yeah, not only is he uh, hitting for power, that batting average is coming. His XBA is like 276. Yeah. Like, you know, his zone contact right now, 88.5%. For a power hitter, that is fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, he's doing everything. He looks like the vintage version of himself. Yep. Uh, and now Mark Cannell goes deep. Yeah. Damn, McNeil and Canna back-to-back. Jesus. Um, anyways, uh, Christian Walker, um, I am shocked he is not picked up. Like, he's still available in, like, 50% of CBS leagues, like, um, which are, you know, cater to 12 teamers so i mean he's probably more widely available at espn and yahoo like you have to be picking him up if he's available in your yes the 200 batting average sucks but he's gotten really unlucky on balls in play um so i I think he's going to be fine rest away could hit like 260 with probably another 20 home runs like tristan walker 30 home run seasons coming yeah, that D-backs team as a whole is swinging well. Peralta's swinging it well. Marte might be heating back up again. Rojas had the big home run game with the wind blowing out in Wrigley. Farshow's been playing great. Like That team's been sneaky entertaining, which is mm-hmm. not fun for Giants fans. Uh, last one we'll mention here, Zach Eflin added in 53 leagues as high as $93, as low as a buck. Coming off seven innings, two earned 12 Ks against the Dodgers. Uh, uh, two runs less than three of his last four starts. It's the Eflin experience. Like he's got really, he's kind of a lot like Pavetta to me. He's got a lot of good in him. A lot of just makes you want to bang your head against the wall. Um, but there's a lot of good chatter on Twitter about him today. So, what's your thoughts on Zach Eflin, a guy that I just seem to never get right? Um. Oh man, this is a hard one because this feels a lot like Pavetta, like you were just saying, uh, and the whole like, hey, am I um, am I kicking the football? Am I going to fall on my ass with Eflin? Uh, he's getting strikeouts, which is not 
So, you know, he looks like what we saw in 2020 in that shortened season where everybody was like, Ooh, it's the Eflin breakout. It's the Eflin breakout. He looks like that. Can he keep it up over the course of a full season? I don't know. The, the changeup has been really, really good. Um, if it continues to be good, I think then he can continue to be good. Um, he gave up two home runs. Both of his brothers are in rounds yesterday were two home runs um, and they were just location mistakes, but he went seven against the Dodgers. Like it struck out 12. Like that's impressive as hell. Um, I think as things heat up in Philadelphia, the, the home runs may continue to be a problem, but um, if he's getting the strikeouts, I can, I can kind of survive that a little bit. He's not walking guys either as much. So I'm, I'm cautiously buying in on Zach Eflin. Another guy I picked up off the waiver wire in, uh, in a couple of leagues a few weeks ago uh, when he was coming back off, off the IL and I'm going to ride it for now, but like, yeah, this definitely has the Pavetta, you know, Charlie kicking the football kind of feel to it. And I, I def, we definitely could get burned again, especially pitching in Philadelphia. He's one of those guys, like I, I like to remind people, if you're playing like Roto, you need to almost play him every start to get the final numbers. Because if you try to pick your poisons, he's going to have like two good starts and then just get destroyed. And it'll be mm-hmm. against a team you don't expect him to be. Like he just dealt against the Dodgers and then like, you know, the Orioles will play in an interleague game and they'll score 12 against him or something. Yeah. And it's just, it's a headache, but in the end, he'll have like a low four, high three ERA, and he'll get, so it's just one of those, and it's tough to do, because you're not going to do it, but some of those Roto ones, you just kind of have to keep it in a vacuum type situation, and it's it's not easy, but he will have mm-hmm. his, his moments to shine. There's no doubt about that. But all right, Justin, we'll wrap things up there, my friend. Um, before we head on out of here again, I want you to remind everybody where they can find you and all the good stuff that uh, you're up to these days. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Uh, I'm on Sleeper in the Bus, TGFBI podcast, and the Friends Fantasy Benefits podcast. Uh, and I write daily over at Fangraphs, occasionally write over Friends Fantasy Benefits as well. So, um, yeah, that's it, man. I'm, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm not as busy as you are nowadays. No, no, we're, we're we're still both plenty busy. Let's not worry about that. But uh, <laughs> it's got, got to keep up with you. Got to keep up with you. That's my goal. But uh, I appreciate you joining me, my friend. Always, always fun chatting up with you. Hey, man, anytime. Uh, you know, if Toby leaves, feel free to give me a call. Bub and the beard will be a thing. Don't you yeah, worry. Yeah, let, let's do this. I'll grow mine back out. Don't you worry. But we'll, we'll make it happen. But uh, for now, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining me. Everybody, check him out on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. This was Bench with Bubba, episode 474. Catch you guys later.